We are on a series, The Table. And I just want to review real quick the heart and the win of this. The heart is everyone. Say me. me. Say you. you. Say them. Yes. We are all invited to the table to taste and see that the Lord is good. He's invited us all to the table to taste and see that he is good. Because it's in his presence, it's in that goodness that he leads us to repentance. It's in being with him that he begins to show you. How many of you have ever been in the presence of God and you thought he was going to start telling you how amazing you are, but instead in that amazing time of worship and it just felt like everything was glorious and what he decided to put a magnifying glass on is the thing that he would like you to begin working on in your life. Anybody ever experience what I experience every day? Okay, so it's, I mean, it seems like, man, as soon as I think, okay, I'm, I'm solid, like, I think I'm pretty good. I can coast at this place for a while. Instantly, it's like, and he, you know, he just zooms in on something. We're all invited to taste and see that the Lord is good. We're all invited to the table. The winds. We remember when we were invited to the table and realized the impact of that invitation. That's our testimony. Let's not forget it. As soon as we lose touch with that, we begin to think like we did this on our own. And somehow we, we orchestrated where we're at. Second one, we remember and embrace what the table of the Lord represents, communion. That's what we did today. Remember, it's not just juice. It's not just cracker. It's not just something we do at church. We do it, as he told us to, in remembrance which if it's in remembrance, that means we actually need to remember. And we're not just remembering that juice equals blood, cracker equals body and flesh. We're remembering the brokenness of his body and what that represented for us. We're remembering the shedding of blood and what that represented for us. We realize that as Jesus invited those who were rejected, so he has and is inviting us to the table. We are the rejected ones. And he's inviting each one of us to come to the table and to sit with him. We're accepted. We realize we are God's children. We're loved. No, I don't know why that's so hard for you and I to embrace. A lot of times we can believe certain truths about the Bible. We can say, okay, God's the creator. Yeah, Jesus died. And I, yeah, I guess he kind of, he, he forgave me of my sins. But man, sometimes this can be one of the biggest stumbling blocks that we take to the end of our life and never fully embrace is that we're loved. There's constantly something on our shoulder whispering, they don't like you. They don't love you. You don't belong. You don't fit in. You're not one of God's favorites. He forgot about you. No, we're loved. We accept the fullness of God's grace at his table. Grace. We realize the universal power of inviting others to our table and act on that power by inviting others to our table as we've been invited. Hospitality. So when we remember these things, and we realize how powerful it was as we've been invited. It should cause us to have an attitude of gratitude of wanting to then invite others in 
and share with them exactly what's been shared with us. So that's what we're going through. There's a book if you guys want to read it. It's a, it's a, it's a great book. Um, it's uh, called The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosario Butterfield. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer read. And I'm going to be honest, the first couple chapters feel powerful. And then it gets really slow. Anybody ever read a book like that? Like where it kind of starts, it's going like this, and it's just like, and you typically then stop reading it. If you get this book, I want to encourage you to read it through the end because then it kind of picks back up. But it's just an amazing book about radical hospitality and what it looks like when you see your neighbors as your mission field. When you see, and, and when I say mission field, not to convert, but to share the love of Jesus Christ with. Which as you share the love of Jesus Christ with, hopefully they taste and see that the Lord is good and in his, in, in come into his presence and in his presence are led to repentance, which leads to surrender of their life to say, Lord, I want you to be, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Great book. If you want to read it, uh, I recommend it. You get it. Okay. Message review. I know we're flying through a lot of different things here. Uh, Travis Arnold, we had him, uh, here two weeks ago, and he came. How many of you guys were here when he spoke and were, I was blown away by his humor and um, his whole joke about him not being athletic and therefore he doesn't want his kids to be athletic. And anytime his son um, displays any athletic ability at all, he pushes his son over so that he just never thinks that he could be good at it. I know that's wrong. None of us should parent that way, but it was funny in the moment. Now it sounds terrible, me trying to say that's, and no, that's not the only thing I got out of the message. Uh, He did a great job at creating the distinction between the table of covenant and the table of hospitality. When we come together, when we're using, talking about the table, When we, in remembrance and we take communion, it's about the covenant that is between Jesus, what what Christ did on the cross, why he did that. And as we enter into that relationship, the covenant that is made there, there's something very powerful at the table of covenant. And there's also something very powerful at the table of hospitality. And they're separate, but they lead to one another. When we really embrace the table of covenant, it leads us to want to be hospitable as he's been hospitable to us. At the table of hospitality, the rejected are accepted, which leads them in to a covenant with Jesus Christ. So the two come together. Last week we had Jonathan Owens, or some of you guys might know him as J.O., and uh, he always has to have a, a title that's unique. And so he talked about the buff daddy. Does anybody remember what the, oh, they're up there. So (laughs) the B stands for the U and the F. So that's a buff daddy. Now I want to say something. He, he clearly said that he was, it was father's day. So he was speaking and pointing towards fathers. But here's the deal, and I want to say this with any service, anytime someone comes up here and they begin to share, and even if they say, I'm just talking to 15-year-old boys, and that's it. Here's the, the neat thing about God, is that his truths are good for all of us. Regardless of whether we're male or female, young or old, 
singled, married. We have kids, we don't. Uh, we're in good relationship with them. Or we have broken relationship with them. That does not change blameless, upright, and fear of God. So yes, as it was Father's Day, he was speaking and trying to challenge men. But every single one of us in this room could receive from the truth that was shared. And just to remember that, I remember being in, we used to do Generation Church and we had the youth and the young adults together and Matt Moult was the youth pastor at the time and he would begin to preach and he'd be talking about um, going into your schools and that kind of thing and the young adults would be like, this just isn't working for me because I just can't connect with the message. I mean, it's just not relevant to me. It's like, it absolutely is relevant. Take out the word school and put the word work in there and it's 100% relevant because nothing changes. You have classmates, you have workmates, you have teachers, you have managers. And so we just need to think outside of that. So, okay. Whew. Okay. Um... Good. There we go. All right. Today, we're talking about the table, believing, telling, and hearing your uniform and your heart. I, I wanted to be a little bit creative since Jonathan just did Buff Daddy. The most I could get is to say your uniform and your heart. I have an issue of, I think it's being literal. Is that my issue, Mark? Kind of. Um, is I believe all titles should describe exactly what it is to where no one's like, what is this? So that's why our ministries don't have any, um, like, catchy phrases uh the youth youth ministry is just called youth uh the church i grew up in we were the yacht club youth of today uh when bob was the youth pastor in bible temple uh, it was called trek which oh amen sandy Woo! <laughs> will you say that one more time <laughs> Yeah, see, there we go. Wouldn't that just be amazing? Uh, I, I have a thing where it's like, if you have to explain it, then like, why have it? So, uh, you know, our se the seniors is seniors. Um, it's not the silver saints headed to gold glory or, you know, something. <laughs> it's just, it's seniors. Um, kids ministry isn't bouncing bunnies in the lap of Jesus. It's just kids ministry, okay? So, to me, you know, the table, we're going to, it's believing, telling, and hearing, but the farthest I could get with creativity was your uniform and your heart. Okay, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8. We can read this together. It says, in fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. So it's not by our actions it's not how many times you come and volunteer to clean the carpets. Do they need to be cleaned? Yes. But that isn't going to create your salvation. It's believing in your heart. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile. That means the person that's in the inner circle and the person that's on the outside. 
Okay, that's how you could look at those two words there. So those that are in the church and those that are outside of the church. Those that grew up in a good Christian family and had those values instilled them. And those that have no idea what the Bible says. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. He's not looking at your background. He's not looking at the family you grew up in. He's not looking at the mistakes you made. He wants those to shift, but that's not what determines whether or not he's your God. He is, it's the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that good news? Come on, let's go to the next part. But, so everyone, yeah, who said, uh uh-oh, I like that. (laughs) Say it again. Okay, that's a different voice. Whoever said the first time, you're not in trouble. I thought it it hit me. It was good. (laughs) But how can they call on him to save unless they believe in him? We can't call on him unless we believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? It's hard to believe in something you've never heard about. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You know, it's hard to hear if there's no sound. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. There's four actions in here. Believe, hear, tell, and sent. Believing is like the table of covenant. Really, that's between each one of us and God. It's a choice we have to make. We talk about that there is a seat for every single person at the table. That's not in question. What's in question is whether or not we choose to stay seated at the table with God. He's invited every single person. There's a difference between saying, Lord, I want to submit my life to you and I want to stay seated at your table. I want to partake of your goodness. I want to learn your ways. I want you to be my father. I want you to be my king. Or do I get up and say, no, I'm going to go prepare my own meal. I'm going to go teach myself. That's a decision each one of us have to make. Here, what are they catching from us? You and I are the messengers that this is talking about. So not what are the words. I can say Jesus loves you. But is that what you catch from me? How many of you have ever had somebody say something nice out of their mouth to you, but their body language and their actions didn't match the nice words? Anybody ever go through something like that? So what are your neighbors? I really want to ask how many of you ever had me say something like that and not treat you that way, but we're going to handle that in private. Thank you, Zach. I talked about vulnerability, but I'm not ready yet, guys. I'm still growing. (laughs) What are they catching from us? What is it in the way we're living? Are, Are you and I so surrendered to God that the way in which we talk to our classmates, the way in which we talk to our teachers, our managers, the people that live in our neighborhood, our family members, do they also get the heart, a transformed heart, Then tell, 
Are we telling our story in a way that others can receive it? Many times we can just get into, oh, this is, and we're not even thinking about the way, you know, the, the terminology we're using. You walk up to someone that's never read the Bible and you start talking about being washed in the blood. Has anybody here ever desired to have a bloodbath? Okay, I don't think so. So let's use our terminology. Are we being intentional create space where we can tell, not shout or argue, but tell in word and action about Jesus Christ? All right, your uniform, and, and, and we're going to go to scent. We'll do that one. That was the fourth one. We'll, we'll get that in um, a couple weeks and uh, focus on that. The heart with radical hospitality is that everybody, through radical hospitality, through the table of hospitality, comes to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and is able to sit at the table of covenant with Jesus. That's the goal. For that to take place, you and I, have to begin to realize that we are the ones being sent, the ones that are to go out and to begin to tell so people can hear, so that they have an opportunity to believe. Yes, my foot just hit the edge of the carpet. I thought I was actually going off the stage if you saw me flinch. (laughs) Scary. All right, your uniform and your heart. Question to consider. What do others see you wearing and what are they catching from your actions Words and tone. What is it that you're wearing? You know, uniforms. You can tell a lot by people's uniforms. At least you know potentially where they work, what they do, or maybe what they believe in. But our uniform, just because that's what's on the outside and it tells us something, doesn't mean that that's actually what's going on inside of us. Just because someone's wearing a uniform that should, you know, portray safety or helps doesn't actually mean that you're safe and that they're helpful. Just because someone's wearing something that makes them look like a Christian doesn't actually mean they're going to treat you as Jesus would treat you. You can tell by the way people's clothes are. I went to a Catholic school on 7th, 8th, and ninth grade and had to wear gray slacks, basically wearing them again, and um, had to wear a blue Oxford shirt. This one's a little bit different. Uh, if I could um, implement a uniform at the church and thought that that would fly, like for the staff, it would be tennis shoes, um, khakis, and Oxford blue shirts. But so far, the staff hasn't voted with me on that, and uh, so I'm alone on it, and it's not happening. All right, I need a couple volunteers, and I got, uh, first, I got three different t-shirts that I need someone to wear. I need someone, and and who here enjoys cheesy, and I'm sorry if you don't think they're cheesy. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, make fun of you. I think they're on the cheesy borderline. Uh, Cheesy Christian t-shirts. Anybody like those? Uh, I need someone who can wear a large. Who, Who wears large? You're my guy. You look like a large. Get up on it. Get up here. Now, I need probably, I need somebody who would wear a medium that would like, uh, uh, someone, someone, medium? medium? Zach, you're a medium? You look really ripped, but get up here then. Uh, you guys got to get up on the stage. Come up on the stage. And I need someone, uh, give me like a kid that wears a small. Yes, you, you, I mean, all I had to say is someone. Come on up here. It could be a triple extra large and you're still like, I'll wear it. All right. 
I got three shirts, so we're going to start here. Stand up. So he has this great Christian t-shirt that looks like a thing of mustard. Oh, you guessed it. It talks about faith like a mustard seed. Woo! Man, if this isn't going to bring about a healing revival and just unleash the picnic of God, I don't know what else will. But this is amazing. Will you put it on? Okay. So it says, faith as a grain of mustard seed. And yeah, it goes into all of it. It's amazing. Look at this one. This is a medium. You said you're a medium? I don't buy it, Zach. Look at this. It's Jesus. He has an iPhone and he's calling you. You want to get the really neat thing? Do you know what time he decided to call you? 316. Yes. And guess what? His battery is always full. He always has perfect Wi-Fi and perfect reception. Really, it's are you going to accept or decline? Come on. Anybody, are you feeling it? Yes. Wait, no, you guys got to put these on. Oh, yeah. All right, the last one. Oh, this one's good. This is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. The faith is strong with this one. Yes. Come on. Will you put it on? All right. You guys stay up here. I need, I need two more volunteers, but you don't get to get a t-shirt. Let me just phrase this. You're just going to put something on. Okay? <laughs> Titus. Yeah. You know what? You can both come up and you can share it together. We're going to pretend like you guys are twins. All right, these are two uniforms that I have that I wear sometimes. This is my police chaplain shirt. We put this on. Sure. Has city patches. Has a badge. You look amazing, just oh, like that. Just you. leave it. All right, so the badge says chaplain, and we got crosses on the lapels people these are gold they shine they reflect the glory of god okay so when i walk in the other thing i have this is fitting for you okay so you're gonna be you're gonna be the right arm and you're the left get in there together okay just stand right here They're not laughing at you. They're laughing with you. And then this is the helmet. It has a cross on it. It says chaplain. Now, here's the thing with these is technically, if I show up to your house, one, it's usually not a good thing. Okay. If these people are showing up, it's probably not your best day. Um, I remember once being at a golf course where a lady, I was doing a ride out with a fire engine company and a lady had a, sorry, didn't mean to laugh. Um, she, she did live, just so you know, I'm not being morbid here. She had a heart issue and had passed out, and she comes back, um, and when she wakes up, the first thing she sees is me, and she cusses and then screams, oh my God, am I dead? 
because all she saw was the chaplain and she's thinking, how bad is it that they asked this guy to come? But she lived and she was great. So just because I show up and I have this uniform, it says chaplain and it has crosses. So that tells you something about what I do, but that doesn't tell you what's inside of me. I could be very distant. I could be very cold. I could be very uh, uh, hesitant with you. And so that doesn't, it might say it's a uniform and it, we need it. We need our uniforms that people would see something. Our love should be our uniform. The way we communicate should be our uniform. People should be able to see it. And we don't have to walk around with an iPhone shirt saying, hey, Jesus is calling you. Do you want to press the green button or the red button? But it's about also what's inside of us. That just because there's crosses on the helmet, just because there's crosses on the lapel, yeah, that tells you that technically I believe in Jesus and I'm a Christian, but that doesn't tell you who I am on the inside. So we got to be asking ourselves, what do others see you wearing? What uniform do they see when they see you? And what are they catching from your actions, your words, and your tone? It is not enough just to have the mustard t-shirt. There was a Mayo one, a Manny, I forget what it was, but it's pretty funny too. I, I, you should just Google all of them. They're pretty amazing out there. <laughs> but do you get what I'm trying to say? What is it that other people see us wearing? And then in that uniform that we wear, does our tone match it? Does our actions match it? If I show up and I just cross my arms and just stand there on some tragic scene, my shirt says I should care. My shirt says I should be bringing you comfort. My shirt says I have empathy. My shirt says I'm going to mourn with those who mourn and I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice. But am I just closed off? Am I short? Or do I open myself up and say, as I show up, Lord, help me to not be me that's showing up. Help me to not get caught up in the scene and, and the coolness of certain things or, or trying to just chum it up with my friends or this. But help me to represent you. That these people that I'm going to talk to, whether they know you or not, they would feel that they didn't meet with me, but that you showed up. Can you give these guys a hand? I'll let you out. Sorry. You guys do not have to take your shirts off. I think you should wear them with pride, but you do have to go sit down. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 23, it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And I recommend that you read that today and you meditate on it, but that you don't start in verse 22, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but you start reading in verse 16. Also, that as you read in verse 16 and it starts talking about the ways of the flesh, you don't just stop and think that, 
All major sin just has to do with sexual immorality. It also has to do with strife. It also has to do with bitterness. It also has to do with being quick-tempered. Anybody here quick-tempered? I'm a quick-tempered person. I have to take a lot of actions to try to keep my temper under control because I am, my first reaction would be more to make the wrong thing right in my mind. But that's not the way of the Spirit. When you look at the way of the Spirit, there's gentleness. There's kindness. We end up being faithful people. We show love. We're quick to listen. We're slow to speak. Slow to get angry. But what is it that others see you wearing right now? If we're going to truly have a table of hospitality, we want, and the reason we want it is because we are full of gratitude that Jesus invited us to his table. So then we decide, okay, we're going to embrace it. We're not going to forget it. And we're going to invite people to our table. So we got to make that action. But here's the deal. If what we're wearing and our tone and the way they experience us doesn't display who we really are and who Jesus is, are they going to want to come sit at our table? Are they just experiencing someone that says, I'm a Christian and I have a lot of Bible knowledge and I've been to church a whole bunch of times and I can recite a whole bunch of things. I can even tell you what a buff daddy is. But what they experience, they don't actually taste and see that the Lord is good. They feel like they're eating with a Pharisee. Someone that's looking across the table and saying, I'm smiling. But man, when I look at you, all I see is dirt. I see sin. I see mistakes. You need to come to the right side and change. And the more, I've said this before, the more I look at how long it's taken me to change in so many areas of my life, it helps me to have more and more grace for others. Because there are some really silly, 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 minute things that for some reason I just don't let go of and I just keep holding on to. Even though I've walked with Christ for about 40 years now. What is it? that others see us wearing? And what are they catching from our actions, our word, and our tone? So we can do this all day, but if we're not stepping out and representing Jesus Christ with his heart, then they're not gonna believe because they actually didn't hear. You said words, I said words, but they didn't catch the goodness of God. They didn't catch the good news. That's where it also starts with before you and I are able to actually share it, we actually have to live it. We have to embrace it and feel it. That's why we go back to the communion table for remembrance so that then we remember because in that remembrance, it's easy, easier for us to talk about it. In my marriage, I have to remember what it is that I fell in love with my wife for and not just get caught up in, in just life and where I'm no longer wowed 
by her beauty. I'm no longer wowed by her smile. I'm no longer wowed by her humor. I'm no longer wowed by her creativity. I'm no longer wowed by all these different things because it's just kind of like, yeah, that's who she is. We go back, we have remembrance. And in that place, it changes something in us where hopefully when people experience you and me, they don't just experience a uniform or a cheesy t-shirt. They feel like they've been in the presence of God. Please stand to your feet. We're gonna close with a song. You know, we, uh, I got up earlier and exhorted, let's just be honest, I shouted and screamed. This is Pollyanna, the chandelier would be shaking. And talking about how we, we push through and how we find the goodness of God and how we trust in him. But you know, there's still a real thing that many of us are facing something difficult in our life. And we don't want to be a place where we just camp on the, hey, push through. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter what you're feeling, what you're going through. Just push through and everything gets better. But we also don't want to be where we choose just to sit there in whatever we're going through and not step out. We want to be a, 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 a church family where we live in the tension of the two. We're constantly challenging ourselves to push through, but we're also admitting what we're going through. One of the ways we do that is through prayer and praying with one another. So I would invite the, the prayer team uh, to come forward. That'd be if you're an elder, if you're on staff, if you're one of the ministry facilitators, you're on the, the stewardship team, just to, to come forward. And that if you have something, man, you may maybe come up a whole bunch of times and it's like, I've already done that. Man, it's still come up. Let's give it to God. Let's rally with one another and support with one another. Also, if you're hearing this message and you're like, you know what, I, I, all joking aside, I want to press the green button. If he's really calling me, if Jesus really has a seat at the table for me, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm tired of saying, you know what, I hit the, 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 the volume button to kind of end the call. I'll, I'll call Jesus back later. Well, maybe I'll listen to his voicemail and see what he actually has to say first and then decide if I want to call him back later. I'll, do the, I'll take care of that tomorrow. I'm busy right now. But if you're saying, you know what? I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I want today. Maybe you had a relationship with Jesus and you've kind of, you, you, you deleted his contact information. Or you, you, you just, you no longer listened. But you're saying he's calling you today. He's saying, I love you. Yeah, I know everything you've done. It doesn't shock me. I've seen it all. But I want you to know, I don't want you to stay there. But I have a seat for you at the table. I'm calling you to surrender your life. To let go of control. To let me walk with you. To let me lead you and guide you to a place of fulfillment. If that's you, I invite you to come up and to talk to one of these people. would love to pray with you, encourage you. But let's go into the song. Services, this isn't the end. Let's go into this and respond however you need to respond. Whether it be about the message, maybe it be something that took place in praise or during communion or even what I just shared. Let's not leave the same way we walked out or walked in. You know what I mean.